Hello everyone, and welcome to the podcast A Childless World. In the long run of human history, women on average had six children. You had to have six so two would survive. This was true during the Roman Empire or the Renaissance. But it was still true when Queen Elizabeth II reigned. At the beginning of her reign, I mean. Global fertility was then five kids per woman. 70 years later, Elizabeth just ended her reign, for some reason, and global fertility is down to 2.3. This is perhaps the craziest change in human history. What's going on? would ask Marvin Gaye. Hi, my name is David Duhamel. I'm a professor of economics at Parsons Paris and an adjunct professor at Sciences Po Paris. I tell stories of the world we're living in and even more about the world to come. A childless world. So why the fall? In one word, choice. In two words, constrained choice. In previous centuries, having children was a duty and a woman who did not have any offspring, in some way, was not a real woman. No full womanhood without motherhood. It was a moral obligation. Don't go thinking it's a thing of the past. The choice not to have a child is a selfish choice, said Pope Francis. The nerve of that guy. As far as I know, he's childless himself. That women are not having kids anymore to satisfy their god, their king, or their family, personally, I think it's cool. But conservatives worldwide are fuming about that. They say that the nuclear household used to be three people, two parents and one kid, and is now still three people, me, myself, and I. Between the pill in the 60s, abortion rights in the 70s, and the general state of women's rights, women have more choices. Still, control of one's body is one thing, but knowledge of one's body is another. This is where education, and particularly women's education, plays an essential role. In a nutshell, the more women go to school and university, the less children they have. A high schooler has no desire to have a baby, nor does a woman in college. You know what girls want. Girls, they want to have fun. You remember your Cindy Loper, don't you? Ah, I've just been advised that we don't have the budget for Cindy Loper. No worries. Trois, quatre. Just kidding. To understand the power of education, let's look at places where there is close to none. Niger, again. In Niger, only 20% of women know how to read, and 75% of all 15-year-old girls are already married. Of course they have seven children on average. One, they don't necessarily know how the human body works. Two, they don't have the opportunity to study, so there's little incentive to put off having a family. I hear you thinking. You're thinking, yes, but this is Niger. They're living in the Middle Ages over there. But they do have phones. And it rings in the middle of the night. And your father yells, what you gonna do with your life? That was Niger's father, by the way. He's not wrong. Today, Niger has the same literacy rate the UK had early 17th century. Okay. But in terms of sexual education, the Middle Ages, even in the UK, were not so long ago. Don't go thinking the distance between Niger and the UK measures in century. As soon as Nigerian women go to school, their fertility will collapse. Another reason for the decline in fertility is women's lib. When asked about women's rights, 
Queen Victoria replied, What is this mad, wicked folly of woman's rights? She had no need for it. Empress she was. Fortunately, history went on without her, and today women's rights have never been so strong. I know, not in the US, nor in Afghanistan. Not great in Iran, either. I also know that these rights are never secured, that the struggle continues. Yet, the link between fertility and a woman's autonomy is subtle. In the long run of history, women had hardly any rights, and fertility was high. From the 19th century on, women conquered economic and social rights, and fertility decreased. One could conclude that the freer women are, the less children they have. But a paper published in 2022 shows that the trend can be reversed. When a certain threshold of gender equality is crossed, fertility goes up again. Today, countries where women work the most are also those where men take a bigger share of domestic tasks, and where, lo and behold, fertility is relatively higher. Sweden, Norway and France are more egalitarian gender-wise than Japan, Italy or Germany. They have more kids. A solution is then shaping up. If the cost of having a child is better shared, women will have less to lose by having one. Let's go then. Increasing women's freedom is the only way to go. It's best for women, for men, for about everything, including fertility. Okay, so having a kid or not is a choice rather than a necessity. And that's great. But that choice is more and more constrained. First, by urbanization. Today, more than half of the world's population lives in cities. In rich countries, it's over 75%. While a child in the countryside was an asset, in the city, it's a burden. Housing costs are a major obstacle. The most frightening figures tell the financial hell that is raising a child. In addition to housing, you have to pay for education, of course. In the US, raising a child costs an average of $300,000. In Hong Kong, more than double. Is it any wonder that fertility is catatonic in Hong Kong? 0.77 kids per woman. But growing cities are there to stay, pushing fertility downward. For example, Japan's population is decreasing fast, but Tokyo is unmoved. Finally, there is another force at work which is not a constraint per se, but whose power is undeniable. I'm talking about screens, internet and social media, of course, but first, that old thing you find attached to the walls in hotel rooms. Television. It's a funny thing to explain to young people the power television had on their parents and grandparents. I grew up with only three TV channels, and we all used to watch the same program, if only to discuss it the next day at school. In fact, the one movie I remember best is the one I missed and the whole school saw. That day, I was an outcast. It was our equivalent of Porky's. More than 40 years later, I shudder to think of the scene where a young girl talking about her bra shout and hook me to a dazzled young man. And I didn't see it. If Alzheimer's ever gets me, that unhook me will roam in my brain long after I've forgotten my parents' names. That's television for you. What does it have to do with the number of children? Let's go to Brazil to find out. It's 1960. Brazilian women have 6.3 children. Crucial point, they don't have television yet. 40 years later, in the year 2000s, Brazilian women are still poor, and yet they have only 2.4 children. 
what happened? They have all grown up watching telenovelas on Globo, the most popular channel, which tells stories of middle-class people and represents women without children. 72% of the time. And yes, someone did the math on that. As usual, the links are on the bio. Brazilian women mimic what they saw on TV, regardless of their standards of living. And by the way, a similar analysis was conducted in India for the same conclusion. In Brazil, as in India, as elsewhere, as everywhere, television sells a way of life, and we, the audience, are buying. This televised life no longer tells the story of a large family. In conclusion, an increasing freedom to make an educated choice combined with a more urban and individualistic modern life, are changing the way we think about having a child. What was duty becomes an option. An option whose cost is constantly rising and is not always shared between men and women. Paul Dolan, a London School of Economics professor, suggests that parents are on average less happy than child-free adults. The most unhappy group are wives with children, says Dolan. Add Victor Hugo, who wrote, to have children is to give fate hostages. Why bother then? And yet, allow me to leave you with a personal story. One day, I was watching a track and field race with my daughter Nina. She was two years old. Why are they running so fast? She asked. I struggled to explain. It's a race, you have to run very fast in a race. Nina pondered for a moment and then said to me, Maybe they're running so fast because they are meeting their dads. To her, the most obvious explanation. This memory, dear listeners, believe me, will outlive and hook me. This is the end of this episode. Follow me in this new childless world. Subscribe, like, share, put some stars up. It helps. And I'll see you soon. And if you like what you are hearing, share it with people you love. And if you don't, share it anyway with people you loathe.